0: I'm going to finish up this series. I'm going to, I've got about two more hours and I'm going to have to do that in about 25 minutes. So what I want you to do is listen fast. Can you do that? Just listen fast. And uh, I'm going to try to get the rest of this in. Been uh, sharing with you for the last uh, several weeks concerning understanding the times. And I told you we were trying to answer three questions basically: What time is it on God's calendar of time? Where are we in the scheme of things? And secondly, um, who are we? Our identity in Christ. Who are we? Are we projecting? Uh, The image that we're supposed to have have we have we reconciled within our own selves as who we are in the Lord and are we uh, arising to be what God wants us to be in these last days and then uh, thirdly what what are we doing what should we do right now what's the next step that we should take to prepare ourselves for this, um, let me read the passage of scripture that I've been reading each Sunday morning for this series. First of all, from Romans chapter 8, verses 18 and 19. For I reckon, Paul said, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed of, uh, in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Some translations say the revelation of the children of God. I love the J.B. Phillips translation of this particular verse. In my opinion, whatever we may have to go through now is less than nothing compared with the magnificent future God has planned for us. How many of you are glad that God has something magnificent planned for us in our future? Isn't that wonderful? He really does. Yes, give him praise. He goes on to say that the whole creation is on tiptoes to see the wonderful sights of the sons of God coming into their own. In other words, the manifestation of the children of God in these last days. Jesus said in Matthew twenty four fourteen, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Uh, sometime, probably in February of next year, uh, I'm going to talk to you about our responsibility in ushering in the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then, from First Chronicles chapter 12, these are the number of the men armed for battle who came to David in Hebron to turn Saul's kingdom over to him, as the Lord had said. From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. 200 chiefs with their relatives under their command. It's one thing to understand what time it is, it's another thing to understand what we should do. And that's why I use the children of Issachar as an example. They not only understood the times, but they knew what God's people ought to do. And that's the knowledge that we need for these last days now in this third and final part that i'm presenting to you right now we we talked about the importance of the baptism of the holy spirit in fact for the manifestation of the sons of god to be revealed for us to come into the fullness of all that God has for us. One of those things that God has for us is the blessings of Abraham that are supposed to come upon us. And let me read that from Galatians chapter three, thirteen and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And we talked about those, in fact, under the blessing of Abraham, there's about 17 different kinds of blessings that are, that are all inherent in that. Um, the Jewish descendants by blood of Abraham are blessed in Abraham. That's just a fact. But we Gentiles are brought into that blessing through the Lord Jesus Christ. When we were born again, when we took on the, the, the we were regenerated, we were regeneed, as it were. We have the DNA of our Heavenly Father in us right now. Praise God. How many of you are born again? You know that you've been born again. You, 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 you've had that experience. Then the DNA of God is in you that means that god is your heavenly father not not this not some kind of mystical thing we're talking about or a mythical thing out there somewhere this literally happened in your spirit you are a spirit you have a soul that consists of your mind will and emotions and you live in this body but the real you is your spirit and your spirit was born again By the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the Word of God, the work of the Holy Spirit, you were born again. You became a new creature in Christ Jesus. You have the DNA of God. That means that Jesus Christ is your elder brother. And by the new birth into the family of God, we now receive the promises of Abraham. Now, the way we activate those is through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's one of the promises that came. That's part of the great promise is the Spirit of God. Now, you and I both know people that are born again who are not walking in the blessings of Abraham. They're not doing well financially. They're not doing well physically. They're not doing well spiritually. They're just not doing well. And that's not the will of God for you. The will of God for you is that you're doing well. You love your children. You want your children to do well. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, your heavenly Father wants you to do well. You're his children. But the way you activate that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus so desired that all of us be filled with the Spirit, that we be baptized with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist came as the forerunner of Christ. He said, I'm baptizing you in water, but there's one coming after me that's mightier than I. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. Jesus went about everywhere doing good and healing all men. And he did it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he told his disciples before he left this earth, he said, it's important for you. It's expedient for you. It's necessary for you that I go back to my heavenly father because if I don't go back to my father... The Holy Spirit won't come. And I'm first thing I'm going to do when I get back there is pray the Father to send the Holy Spirit that he may be in all of you. Jesus wants you and me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants us to walk in the Holy Spirit, to live in the Holy Spirit, to act in the Holy Spirit, for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to operate in us and through us. And Jesus testified of the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. We went through the outpourings of the Holy Spirit. A couple Sundays ago, I gave you the very first one that's mentioned in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4 when 120 of the followers of Christ met in the upper room and the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. There are five outpourings that are mentioned in the book of Acts. We dealt with three of them because of time. I didn't go into all five, but we dealt with that one in the upper room. Then we dealt with the one that came on the Gentiles at Cornelius's house. Cornelius was a Gentile, but he's a very godly man and a very generous man. And everybody loved him because he was so caring and so kind and so generous. And his alms came before the Lord and his prayers came before the Lord And the Lord told him to to, send an angel to speak to him and sent him to to, um, Joppa. He was living in Caesarea, Philippi. And he sent him to Joppa to inquire at the house of Simon the tanner for one named Simon Peter to come and preach to him. And, And they did this. Simon Peter came down and preached. And while he preached the gospel to them, they received Jesus as their Savior and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. We dealt with the one at Ephesus where Paul, passing through the upper coast of Ephesus, found believers. And he preached to them Jesus and and asked them had they received the Holy Spirit since they believed. Positive proof that it's a separate filling of the Holy Spirit here. I know that you met the Holy Spirit when you got saved because it was the Holy Spirit that drew you to Christ and baptized you into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ or into the family of God. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate outpouring. This is where Jesus is the agent and baptizes you and me into the Holy Spirit. And he desires that. For people at Ephesus were godly people. They'd been baptized in John's baptism. They had repented of their sins. But Paul says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe?" They said, we haven't even so much as heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. And so he preached to them and they received and and the Holy Ghost was poured out upon them there was something significant that happened in each and every one of these outpourings and it was the evidence that they had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit that was that they all spake with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance in each of these outpourings that we mentioned I talked to you a couple weeks ago about the fact that our Heavenly Father is a very verbal God If you go to the very first chapter of the Bible, it says, and God said, let there be light. And that phrase, and God said, is used over and over eight times in the first chapter of the Bible. So we get the idea that God has something to say. And not only does God have something to say, God wants to commune with us. He wants us to say something back to him. He wants us to verbalize our praise. And I went through the book of Psalms, at least the first 38 chapters, and dealt with over and over and over the verbal praise that people were giving to God. God loves that kind of praise. But then God also desires that you and I have a means and a method whereby we can speak to him and nobody else knows what we're saying, not even the devil. You see, the, the way Satan finds out what he knows about us is listening to us talk. You see, Satan is not omniscient. He's not all-knowing. He doesn't know all about you. So he has to listen to hear what you say to find out what he says about you. But God says, I'm going to give you a language where you can speak to me, and he don't have a clue what you're saying. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah praise god now he he wants your tongue and that's that's where we finished off with last sunday morning the lord wants your tongue why does he want your tongue because our tongue is where we have our problem right i I heard about a preacher one time he said at the end of the service a lady came up to him and said pastor said i want you to pray for me that god will help me lay my tongue on the altar and he looked at the altar and he said, um, "I'm not sure this altar's long enough to lay your your your, t- your tongue on the altar." <laughs> and 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 that that's not just ladies, folks. I know a lot of men that's got long tongues too. Amen. And, and sharp tongues and critical tongues and hurtful tongues and, and all sorts of, you know. So God wants our tongue because according to Proverbs 18 and 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And then the apostle James told us in chapter 3 of his epistle that the tongue, he, he, he gives us a couple of illustrations. He said the tongue is a real small Member of your body. I mean, when you compare it to other, you know, you got your arm, your hand, you know, but but your tongue is very small, and yet the tongue uh, has has tremendous potential for good or bad. In fact, James went on to say, "Well, well here, here are the illustrations." He said, "He said it's like a you, you can take a little bitty match, a little bitty fire." But you can you can destroy, and we've seen a lot of that in the last few weeks, haven't we? The the forests that can be destroyed, uh, set off by just a little. And he said the tongue's like that, a little member, but it can co- it can create great havoc. He said ships are driven, and, and and but they're turned, they're steered by a small little helm in comparison with the size of the ship. It's kind of like the tongue, compared to the whole body. But it, but it. it turns that ship in whatever direction. Your life, your destiny oftentimes is controlled by your tongue. James also said, and this is a powerful, profound statement. He said, the tongue can no man tame. You can't tame your tongue by yourself. You can't, you can't, you can't tame your wife's tongue. And your wife can't tame your tongue. And James said, we we tame animals of all kinds, but we can't tame the tongue. Now, God is not going to tell us to do something without giving us a means whereby we can do it. And he instructs us that we're supposed to control this tongue, and yet he says no man can tame it. So how are we going to do it? Well, God is going to help us with that. Because God never asks us to do anything that we can't do with his tongue. Help, Amen. And so he sent the Holy Spirit to help us in controlling our tongue. Let me tell you, people that are filled with the Spirit, who walk in the Spirit, not after the flesh, but follow the Spirit, listen to the Spirit, speak in the Spirit, are controlled by the Spirit, their tongue is controlled. And God uses it for good things and not for bad. So let's look at this thing of controlling the tongue. God God wants your tongue controlled. And there seems to be a connection between the tongue and the fire of the Lord to help us with that. Remember Isaiah in chapter 6, verses 6 and 7 of uh, of his uh, prophecy? Uh, Here it is on the screen. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. There was a shift in the ministry of Isaiah at this particular incident, Isaiah went into the house of God the year that King Uzziah died, and he saw the Lord. The Lord showed up at the temple, and his train filled the whole house. And the, and the post of the, of the temple began to, began to quiver and shake. He was afraid the building might fall down. The presence of God was so strong in it. But then he cried out to the Lord. He said, woe is me. Before that, Isaiah had been saying woe to everybody else. Remember that? Woe to you. Woe to you. Woe!" A lot of woes coming out of his prophecy. But now he says, woe is me for I'm I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell among an unclean people. And that's when a seraphim touched his lips with fire. And from that point on, his prophecy completely, his ministry had a shift. And he became known as the Messianic prophet. He prophesied more about Jesus than any of the other prophecies, uh, prophets. He, he was a great man, mightily, mightily, mightily used of God. In fact, some have said that the book of Isaiah is almost like a Bible in Minotaur. 66 chapters, like the 66 books of the Bible. And you can go on and on with the comparison. Very interesting study, by the way. But his lips were touched. And then he said, Lord, here am I. Send me. He's ready to fulfill the purpose of God. When you and I really get filled with the Holy Spirit and yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, he will help us to become what God wants us to be in these last days. And that's the manifestation of the children of God among us. Go back to Acts chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And then appeared in them di- divided tongues as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And remember, John said, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So God wants your tongue. Now, Not only does he want your tongue so he can help you control your tongue in the right direction so that good things will happen in your life instead of bad things, but he also sends a helper to help you with that. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He helps you in every way. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. This is powerful. I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Version. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning because the Holy Spirit, he utters, in the Holy Spirit, he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. Wow. The power. Now, the reason I bring this scripture out to you, many people say, well, well, pastor, I thought that. I thought that tongues were strictly other languages. Tongues can be and oftentimes are other languages. Everybody understand that? It's what happened on the day of Pentecost when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. 120 people went down from the upper room, hit the streets of Jerusalem, and they were all praising God in tongues that they didn't know but people listening to them did know because it was the Feast of Pentecost and people were in Jerusalem from all over the world. And so all the languages that you could imagine of that day, there were people there that spoke those languages. And so these these Christians that were in the upper room and had been filled with the Holy Spirit, they're all speaking these different languages And, and people were understanding them. That's one of the divine ministries of the Holy Spirit is to speak the eternal truths of God and and if necessary to speak it, use somebody that doesn't even know the language to speak it in the language that the people understand. But there is also a tongue that is not a language that we understand, but it is a heavenly language. It is a language that God has given to us that we can speak directly to Him, and nobody understands it. But the Holy Spirit prays directly to God through that language that we refer to as an unknown tongue. Let me read it to you from Romans chapter 8. Look at this. I love this passage of Scripture. Romans 8, verses 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And that word uttered there literally means languaged. In other words, there's no language that we can use that would would, uh, define it. Now, he who searches the heart Knows what is the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Wow. God has through the Holy Spirit given us somebody that will help us pray. Let me ask you this. Have you ever gone through something in life so traumatic and so heart-wrenching you felt it deep down inside of you. It could have been grief, sorrow, pain, but but it was so deep inside of you that that if someone were to ask you, "How do you really feel?" you you, you just couldn't really express how you really felt inside. It, you just there just wasn't enough words your English failed you or your Spanish failed you or whatever your dominant language may be. It just, there just wasn't that. No matter what you said, it just didn't seem to be enough to really express what you felt inside. It could have been anger. It could have been hurt. It could have been rejection. but, But you just, well, listen, the Holy Spirit not only knows how you feel, but he's able to help you express that feeling in your prayers to God. And I want to tell you at the right hand of the Father is Jesus, who has been tempted in all points just like you and I have, and yet without sin. And he can be touched with the feelings of our infirmity because he knows how you feel. He's been here. He's lived on this earth. He has walked a mile in your shoes. Amen? He not only was tempted in all ways like we are, he suffered everything that we suffered. In fact, when he went to Calvary, all of our sins were placed on him. He carried all of our sins in his body on the cross of Calvary. Oh, what a a wonderful Savior we serve that was willing to take all of that. But he knows how you feel. He took your sicknesses. He took your diseases. He felt all of that in those hours of agony on the cross of Calvary. So however you may be hurting this morning, Jesus knows. And the Holy Spirit in you is able to cry that out to God. And at the right hand of the Father, you have a friend, in fact, an elder brother named Jesus. And he will present your case to the Father for you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, glory to God. I'm so thankful that we have one to help us in prayer. And here's, here's another thing that's so interesting about this. Not only are there times that, that we can't find the words, they, they just can't be languaged to, to express how we feel, and the Holy Spirit helps us with that. It's also a fact that we don't always even know how to pray for as we ought to pray let me tell you why I don't have a clue what tomorrow holds I don't know have you ever been surprised in a day have, have you ever had a day just I mean just turn you on your heels and maybe even change the whole direction of your life it can happen we don't, we don't know who tomorrow, what tomorrow holds we, we just don't know. We don't know. But we know who holds tomorrow. And and, and since I don't know about tomorrow, I don't, I don't even know what I should pray for about tomorrow. But the Holy Spirit does. He knows how to help me in my pray. Not only for me, He knows how to help you pray for, for your family. He knows how to help you pray for your family. Children, I was reading a story just the other day. A mom who was wakened in the middle of I think it was three o'clock in the morning. she just suddenly woke up, the holy Spirit prayed she was praying in tongues. She got out of bed and just just continued to pray in tongues. She found out later that at the very moment that she was awakened out of sleep and praying in the spirit, her son in Afghanistan was was with with his whole group of men had had just been ambushed and it looked like certain death and God moved miraculously in their behalf and they were able to escape. And and, and they, they checked the timing out. And it was at the exact moment that the Holy Spirit was praying through that mom, interceding for her son on the other side of the earth. Oh, let me tell you, I wouldn't want to be without the helper. I I would not want to be without the helper. I'm so thankful for the helper that that helps me in my prayers and helps me to pray and, and helps me to pray for the direction that we need. The Holy Spirit will help pray you right into the destiny that God has for you if you will allow him to. Oh, what a helper we have. Not only only does he help us with our praying, did you know the Holy Spirit is the one that, that helps us grow up and mature and also strengthens us spiritually. Look what Jude said in verse 20 of his epistle. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith praying in the holy spirit how do you build yourself up in the spirit praying in the spirit this is this is how you exercise your spiritual man and get him strong we need to be strong in the lord and the power of his might Folks, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities and powers and the wickedness and darkness and high places and all of those things. It's a spiritual warfare that we're all in. I know, I know some of you think that, that it, it's your family member that that's against you or, or you think it's your boss at work or, or you think it's your neighbor across the uh, street or, or, or you think, no, 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 no. The enemy of your soul is Satan. I learned a long time ago that my enemies are not people. People may be the ones that Satan uses, but people are not my enemies. Amen. You, you, you need to get that in your mind. You need to get that in your spirit. That the person that you're wrestling with and battling with this morning, they're, they're not your enemy. You need, you need to go to the heavenly Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. Strengthen yourself in spirit and come against that spirit that's working in that person. And God can give you victory and straighten that thing out in just in no time at all. Amen. He can do that. How do you do it? strengthen yourself praying in the Holy Spirit strengthen yourself in the power of his might you know how Oral Roberts built a university when they said it was absolutely impossible it couldn't be done he prayed in the Holy Spirit one hour every day and God gave him all the plans and everything that he needed to develop that whole university wow wow Building yourself up, folks don't wait around go ahead you need the Holy Spirit now to get you prepared. you don't know what the future holds you know if let let's say you're home this afternoon and um, you, you you've had a good meal and you've relaxed now and you've you've kicked the feet up on your recliner and you're watching your favorite football team or Or Western, or whatever you like to watch on Sunday afternoon, and all of a sudden, some guy busts through the front door of your house, (laughs) and he's got a gun, and he's he's gonna rob you. He's gonna take that TV and everything else that you've got in your house. That's not the time to say. Wait, wait just a minute. I need to run over to my exercise room and and lift my weights a few minutes and get get my strength built up here. You, you just wait, then I'll come back and whip you. No, 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 no. It's too late then. It's too late. You build yourself up ahead of time. Amen. You, you get you yeah. let, let let that guy let that guy break in the break in the front door, and all of a sudden he looks over and sees you, and my goodness, alive you. You, you, you built up like I don't even know who's built up now anymore. It used to be Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and, uh, and Lou Fregno or some of those guys. But, but boy, that's dating me, isn't it? Uh, goodness. But, but, but listen, listen. If, if you'll build yourself up in the Holy Spirit and the enemy comes charging in at you and then he looks at you you know what he sees? He sees Jesus. And he's never messed with Jesus enough to know that he can't whip him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Built up in the Holy Spirit. Listen, folks, we got the DNA of God in us. And if we'll take, that, that's why God wants you to have this blessing. He wants you to be so strong and so powerful. And he wants you to recognize who you are in the Lord, know who you are in the Lord. He wants, when Satan looks at you, he needs to see you with the helmet of salvation, the breastplates of righteousness, your loins girded with truth, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He needs to see you holding the shield of faith and welding the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And you can chase him out of there. Amen. Glory to God. Several years ago, a preacher was sharing a lady in his in his church was was in her bathroom taking a shower, and a pervert broke into their to her home. And, came, and he came for the purpose of molesting her. And he came, he came in the bathroom where she was in the shower. And he started undressing himself. And when she turned around and saw him and realized what was going on, he had a weapon with him as well. She started speaking in tongues and turned around to him, said, In the name of Jesus, you get your clothes on. She backed him up. She made him get his clothes on, backed him all the way out the front door, and ran him down the street. Amen? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues, speaking the word of God with the power of the Holy Spirit. God has a helper for you. That's why Jesus said, "I can't, I can't be with everybody here in this physical body." And I, but so I'm going to go back to the Father. And you, I know you disciples are grieving over that, but you ought to rejoice because when I get back to the Father and He sends the Holy Spirit, He can be with you over here while He's with you over here, and you up there, and you over there, and you back there, and you. Over there and your brother and your sister over the house or, or across the street or down the road or around the world. He can take care of your children on the other side of the earth. Amen. He can be with you in the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to do that. <clears throat> Glory to God. Oh my goodness. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop. <laughs> but let me let, let me just leave you with this. How do I experience this baptism of the Holy Spirit? Now, I came up in a tradition that made getting the Holy Ghost (laughs) one of the most difficult things in all the world. I don't know how many hours I prayed in the altar trying trying to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When I was just a kid, not realizing what the Holy Spirit had for me and how you receive it. And and our, our our people meant well. And what they were what they were emphasizing was that if you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, you need to present a clean vessel to the Lord, because the Holy Spirit's not going to dwell in an unclean temple. Do we all understand that? Not not going to dwell in an unclean temple. So don't come trying to receive the Holy Spirit if you hadn't got saved. You've got to repent. That's why Jesus preached repentance before he preached about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've got to repent. And and you got to present him a, a clean vessel. The Holy Spirit's not going to move in you if your spirit man is full of greed and full of envy and full of jealousy and full of hatred and full of gossip and backbiting and uh, and and rejection and doubt and and lust and greed and all that kind of stuff. He's not going to dwell in that. But listen, you know how to take care of that, don't you? You, you know you take that to the cross. That's why Jesus died. That's why he shed his blood, so that he could wash all that mess out of us. Amen. That's why we have encounters, and that's why we speak on the baptism of the Holy Spirit right after a deliverance. You can get freed from all of that stuff. It doesn't take long. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than any mess you got in you. He's more powerful than your addiction. He's more powerful than your past. He's more powerful than your rejection. He's more powerful than, than anything you've ever experienced. He can get rid of that mess for you if you'll surrender to him. He can do it. He can do it. So, so you need to get delivered. Your vessel needs to be sanctified. It needs to be set apart, ready for the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. We, we all understand that. So, so if you want to receive the Holy Spirit this morning, ask God to clean your vessel. Make it clean. Sanctify it wholly before the Lord. Present your bodies, Paul said, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren the nurses of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God as your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the ruin of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what he wants for you. But, uh, so you present your bodies to him. And, and this is, this is <laughs> I know this is going to seem over simplification of the terms here. But it, this is how simple it is. If you want the Holy Spirit and you're, you've been born again. And, and you've allowed the Lord to, to deliver you from all of the junk of this world. The world, the flesh, and the devil. It, then you come to the Lord. All you got to do is ask. That's it ask let me prove it to you luke 11 and 3 13 if you then talking to us people if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children christmas is coming how many of you know how to give good gifts to your children sure you do you know you spend a lot of time trying to figure out what they want what what will make them happy what's the good gift for them best gift for your kid is the one that will make them the happiest Well, If it's legitimate You know I mean if If your 13 year old kid wants a car I'm sure it would make them happy But you, you probably wouldn't want to do that That wouldn't be smart But, but you under, you're, you're a parent You know how to give good gifts to your children You know how to give them to the best of your ability As, as close to what they want As you can get And it be good for them Am I making sense with that? So if we know how to do that, how much more, Jesus says, will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who do what? Say it again. Ask him. If you want the Holy Spirit this morning, ask him. Ask him. Why do you have to ask, preacher? Because God is not going to give a gift to somebody that doesn't want it. You, you, know, you ever tried to give a gift to somebody that didn't want it? I'll tell you what you do with that, you take it back, amen? I mean, if you don't want it, huh, well, I'll keep it. So so God requires that we ask. But then after we ask, the second thing, and this, again, is so elementary, but it's so important that you understand it. First of all, if you want the Holy Spirit, Ask. And after you've asked, then receive. Okay? Is that simple enough? Receive. Receive. It's a gift. And it must be received just like you receive your salvation. You ask the Lord to come into your heart. Holy Spirit already convicted you and brought you to, to the Lord, and so you received Him after you asked Him, "Lord, forgive me for my sins." I receive You as my Lord and Savior. After you ask for the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit. It, it's, it, it's just that simple. Let, let, brother David Frail here. He, he's a friend of mine, sitting over here on the front row. If 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 I called Brother David up here this morning, and and, and Brother David had a, came up here and asked me, he said, Pastor, I I, I really need twenty dollars. Would you give me twenty dollars? Now, if Brother David Frey was to ask me for twenty dollars, you know what I'd do? I'd give him twenty dollars in a heartbeat. But if Brother David came up here and he said, Pastor, I I really need. I, I came out this morning, and I, I forgot my billfold, and I don't have any money with me, and I, I, I can't get back till late tonight, and I'd I really like to get something to, to eat. I got somebody with me. I need to feed them, too. Could, 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 I, could you give me $20? And I, and I pulled out my billfold, and I held it out, and I said, Brother David, here's $20. I handed it. Out. Okay. And Brother David said, oh, Pastor, please, would, would, would you give me $20? And I, I'm saying, Here. And he just kept on saying, oh, please, Pastor, would you, would you please give me $20? That, that's, the, that's what I kind of like I was raised. You know. You just kept on begging and kept on begging and kept on begging. No, 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 no. After you ask, the next step is to receive. I got a feeling that, that if Brother David would come up here and ask me for $20 and I pulled out my billfold and, and stretched out a $20 bill, you know what he'd do? Well, he'd get it so fast you'd think he's a musician. <laughs> yeah, he'd receive it. He asked for it. He'd receive it. Now, you got to receive it if you want it. You ask him for it, and then you receive it. You receive it by faith just like you receive your, your, um, your salvation by faith. You believe God will do what he said he would do, and so you receive it. Now, what about this tongue thing? Where does that come from? Well, let me, let me explain this. The Holy Spirit is dealing with your spirit, not your mind, not your body, your spirit, your spirit. And in all of those outpourings in the book of Acts, when they spake in tongues, they spake as the spirit gave them utterance. The spirit will move in your spirit man, not, not your intellect, your spirit man, the real you. And, and you'll have to, this is a learning process when you, that's how God communicates with us, is in our spirit. He talks to us in our spirit. He impresses us in our spirit. He works our spirit. The Bible says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. That's where he turns the light on in our life, our spirit man. And those spiritual utterances will come up. You'll just hear something in your spirit, and then you speak it forth. You do the speaking. The Holy Spirit gives the utterance. Let, Let me remind you again. Acts 2, 4, and they spake with tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Is that understandable, everybody? They spake with tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Why, you, why do you have to speak? Because you got a mouth. And the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Some people think that the Holy Spirit is going to jerk them up and make an automaton out of them. And, and, no, 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 no. He's not going to do that. You can, you, otherwise, you couldn't resist the Spirit. The Bible talks about resisting the Holy Spirit. You can resist it. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force you into something you don't want. But he's going to give you the utterance because you don't know how to speak yet. You're going to speak. Now, it, it may start off, it may start off, and probably will. Uh, you, you, you may know somebody that's been speaking in tongues for years, and they're very fluent in their, speak, their, their heavenly language. Well, they, they've had years of experience in speaking uh, in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, singing in the Spirit. You probably, that's probably not going to happen to you the first time you speak think about it like this if your child you've been working with your child you got a little baby who's growing up now and it's just starting to mouth some some words and and you're trying to get that little child to say something and and i've told you before if you've got a real intelligent child his first word will probably be something like dada you know (laughs) And and if you got a genius he might say mama you know I don't want to make the ladies mad at me. You understand? <laughs> Wouldn't you be shocked if if you're trying to get your your baby to talk for the first time and the first thing you hear your baby say is, four score and seven years ago, our fathers set forth on this continent, a new nation conceived and lived. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't work that way. It, he's learning to talk. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and so... When you begin to speak, you may not get anything but a syllable. Just have the faith to speak that out. And the Holy Spirit will bring more and more and more to you and will bless you. I'm going to close with this. I want to read this to you. I copied it straight out of the book. It's uh, devotions on the Holy Spirit. And this is written by Dr. Mark Rutland. Some of you have heard me read this before. The reason i read it i don't want to i don't want to i'm not trying to tell the story i want you to get it word for word exactly like he said it this is from mark rutman he said and i'm quoting on my second trip to mexico i took my unsaved father-in-law with me he was a backslidden intellectual with a phd from columbia university and no faith in a miraculous god his only interest in going with me was to see rural mexico off the beaten path as he called it one night we went to a remote village deep in the mountains near lorenz an interpreter was to meet us but didn't show up going on without him i was deflated because this meant that preaching was out the missionary i was with lacked the language skills to translate And no one in the village spoke english and my only spanish was three little phrases that i had learned it had taken me three hard days of practice to learn how to say in spanish god is love jesus loves you and so do i at the little village church the missionary made the pastor understand that we agreed for me to stand up and say those three little phrases in Spanish and then let the Mexican pastor go ahead and preach. What other plan was there? But when I finished my little phonetic speech, the Lord showed up mightily. I began to think whole Spanish sentences. They came into my head as clearly as English. I preached for 30 minutes in Spanish When the pastor realized what was happening, he shouted out to the people, this man doesn't speak Spanish. This is a miracle. He said, I even translated the pastor's words back to the Americans who were with me in English. I can still speak Spanish today. My father-in-law, so overcome by the miracle, gave his life to Jesus. And many Mexicans were saved. And I learned a powerful lesson of God's gifts and works of grace miraculously manifesting of his goodness and his power through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And those of you who are here, when Dr. Mark Rutland was with us the last time, he stood right here on this platform and before he preached that morning, he prayed in Spanish. He still has that language. God gave him the language instantly. Wow, man, if I'd have just known that when I was taking Spanish in high school. (laughs) But I could could have prayed for the Holy Spirit to help me instead of trying to study. (laughs) Well, what I'm telling you folks is that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be a helper and he helps you wherever you need help. Amen. Will you stand with me, please? I want the prayer team to come quickly. Any staff members or connect group leaders that we have in here that will come and help us as well. I don't know what you may need today, but I can point you to the one who can supply that need. What we need to be doing in these days, these last days, we need to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that we can walk in the Spirit and fulfill the call of God and what this whole earth is groaning for right now. And that's the manifestation of the children of God, sons and daughters of God who will arise, do the work of the Lord in these last days. Amen. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here today and you're unsaved, I want to invite you to come and give your heart and life to Jesus. If you're away from God, I want to invite you to come return to the Lord. Come back to God. If you need the Holy Spirit today, I want to invite you to come and just ask him for it and receive the Holy Spirit. If you have financial needs or needs at work, whatever your needs may be, the altar's open for the next few minutes let's come. If you want somebody to agree with you in prayer, we have some folks over here that will agree with you. If you just need a place to kneel and pray, just you and God, you feel free to do that. But the altar's are open. God bless you as you come and ask God for what you need today. Bless you.